Welcome to Unlocking Innovation, a podcast from EX3 Labs in 1871. We'll be talking to leaders in innovation about what keeps them ahead of the curve in today's atmosphere of rapid change and how they cultivate a culture of innovation within their organizations. I'm your host, Adam Wisniewski. Joining us today is Mark Adams. At Verizon, the second largest wireless carrier in the U.S., Mark's role as a business leader in advanced technology and partnerships for global Internet of Things has him at the forefront of some of the most innovative technologies of our age. He's joining us today to discuss his work at Verizon and what we can expect next from our wireless technologies. Uh, Mark, thank you for being here and joining us today. You know, Adam, I appreciate the time. And so uh, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. So Verizon, huge company, um, one of the top companies in the, in the, the Fortune 500. And you happen to be a business leader in advanced technology and partnerships uh, uh, for global Internet of Things. And that is a, a fascinating title, and I'm certainly interested in, in jumping right in. So for the listeners who are, are less familiar um, with your background, could you give a little bit of an overview? Sure, Adam. So first of all, uh, I'd just like to thank you for the invitation to be here on the program today. Uh, I appreciate my colleague, uh, Stephen Shaw, uh, who's the director of the Verizon Community Outreach Initiatives here in the Midwest. And uh, he reached out to me uh, upon learning about EX3 and the work that you're doing with this platform from the team over at uh, 1871. And he asked me to consider an opportunity to come on the program and just lend some time to talk about what's near and dear to me in the tech and IoT space, which I was more than happy to do. So I think what you're bringing to the innovators in the industry with your platform uh, in terms of driving technology, in my opinion, really speaks to the heart of business and business owners within the communities. And frankly, Adam, that's where Verizon looks to show up. So it was my pleasure to come and spend some time chatting with you. So thank you in advance. Uh, so my role at Verizon is one uh, of a specialist in the field of the Internet of Things. Uh, so I serve as a lead resource for partnerships and business development in the IoT space for the Midwest markets. Uh, I engage with companies that range from uh, large enterprises to small entrepreneurial grassroots startups uh, with the objective for supporting their journey through what I like to call sort of a concept to commercialization process. And as you know, there are a multitude of uh, businesses and innovators right here in the Midwest, Chicago specifically, that are already sort of making their mark or that are pursuing their passion for making change in the given market segments, many of which are leveraging technology as well. So these companies are either equipment manufacturers uh, or they're application developers of some form uh, or fashion or service provider uh, who, all made, who already may support a particular product, um, which you know requires some type of network connectivity. So my objective is as a business and a consultative resource is to really navigate the necessary steps within Verizon and the collective IoT development process. So whether that's uh, selecting a particular piece of hardware, uh, testing our network uh, for 3G or 4G or 5G, uh, perspectives around application development and, of course, providing options for data services and the overall management of those assets in sort of a singular and efficient manner. So it's really about working hand in hand with customers to help them 
to stand up a solid business model. And then that allows them to uh, buy data services from Verizon and then to kind of use that as part of their commercial offering under their own brand to which Verizon then partners with that organization in various ways as part of the national commercial program that we have, which is governed by our headquarter teams out of Baskin Ridge. Fantastic. And it's yeah. such an exciting role and especially an exciting time. I'm curious for, for the listeners who are, you know, Internet of Things is is not a new concept, but it is um, it's not something that has um, has been around for four or five decades. Um, from your perspective, you know, how did you get involved specifically with this specific set of technologies? And I guess, what was your career journey like before you got to Verizon? <laughs> so uh, that's a, it's kind of a favorite question of mine, Adam. And, uh, you know, having been in this industry for the past three decades, I've, I've had many of ex experiences of old and new technology. Now, perhaps a, uh, a network engineer or some someone else within the industry would kind of give you a you know chapter and verse about the euphoria of uh, massive MIMO, right? Or the evolution of uh, spectrum propagate propagation, <laughs> and surely those are unique studies, regardless of whether you're a you know double E on the network side or you've worked alongside those resources in the field as a sales engineer, which I've had the pleasure of doing over multiple years. However, the best parts about the industry uh, for me, Adam, is not just that it's always changing and evolving into something greater, but that its properties connect us and connect our businesses and our communities and our families and, you know, down to its common denominator connects us as people. And that's a compelling feeling that really just motivates me to do the best that I can do to ensure that technology can continue to serve those things well. Now, the other side of that is that Telecom and technology is one of only four or five industries that uh, have survived virtually every uh, economic downturn in the last 30 to 40 years. So it's pretty stable. So I look at companies like Verizon, even be before I became an employee, uh, you know, some of the networks that they built, uh, which are really tried and tested over the years in uh, some of the most unprecedented of times, you know, from uh, wildfires in California to hurricanes in the, the uh, in the Northeast to uh, COVID-19, right? I just really feel blessed and appreciative to be a part of an industry and a company that keeps us all connected. Now, uh, that being said, I've been an employee for Verizon for exactly two years, Adam. That actually was yesterday. So, but I've got to say that- uh, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. So uh, uh, surely this is not my first rodeo. Um, I spent the first years of my career in uh, traditional telecom, working for uh, regional bell operators selling dedicated internet, wireline, voice, and data. And then in 2000, I joined a small 10-year-old uh, company by the name of Nextel, which was well known in the industry as sort of the gold standard for uh, push-to-talk technology. And that, of course, was, yeah, that was designed by Motorola. And many people don't know this, but, uh, you know, Nextel actually had a telemetry division. And so that te telemetry for those uh, of your folks that are listening is a sort of just an older term for machine to machine or IOT. And, uh, you know, Motorola would use, uh, you know, different products to embed in far less sexier hardware devices at that time uh, for, you know, monitoring what I consider to be uh, fixed remote assets, which generally were in places that nobody really wanted to regularly go. Uh, and even back then, 
it was really more about evangelizing the technology for those early adopter industries that were looking at newer ways to leverage technology to solve uh, common business challenges. So that became uh, a real quick passion of mine. And for over a decade, I was a member of uh, the senior consulting and business leadership team, um, not just at uh, Nextel, but ultimately at the Sprint Corporation. So I actually moved to Sprint uh, before they acquired uh, Nextel. And uh, there I was working on uh, machine to machine and developing uh, partnerships with uh, different developers, hardware manufacturers, and companies that were really looking to monetize uh, networks as uh, more virtual operators. So, you know, there was a huge wave that was going on in that industry at the time associated with groups like, uh, if you remember, um, ESPN or uh, uh, Disney, you know, they were, you know, kind of monetizing uh, uh, networks for consumer products associated with uh, mobile devices, et cetera. And so that wave uh, is where I kind of found this role in uh, M2M as a consultant and spent the next several years helping to build that company into a leader in the space uh, operating on uh, CDMA for domestic wireless services. And there's just so many different opportunities at the onset of that M2M movement that it was just exciting to go to work every single day. Now, uh, since we just got done with the holidays, uh, I, I noticed I was out on the web uh, and uh, last year, 2020, was the 40th anniversary of the, uh, the coin-operated game Pac-Man. So I, I really didn't ask how old you were, uh, Adam. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, that, that, uh, that game was developed by Midway, uh, which was, you know, here in the Midwest at a time. And uh, during my tenure uh, at Sprint, I actually helped to convert one of the uh, first uh, coin-operated video games uh, in the uh, communications realm to cellular, which was a small game called Golden Tee Golf. I don't know if yeah, uh, you're familiar absolutely. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was made by a company out in Arlington Heights. So again, just a lot of rich history uh, in the city that we live in. Uh, but, you know, I come... I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, Adam. So my father, who was uh, in corporate America, spent over 20 years at the IBM Corporation. And like me, at some point, he decided to uh, exit from uh, corporate America and start a business. So in 2011, uh, I left Sprint and founded a, a corporate uh, private consulting firm uh, just east of Joliet. And I uh, ran that successfully for almost 10 years. And then, of course, I got a call from a uh, gentleman who I've known for many years, although we've never worked together at the same company. His name is Michael Wood, who today is still a Verizon employee as an executive director for our government teams. Uh, and he and I had been touched for several years, even after I left Sprint. And finally, I decided that I wanted to have that experience of Verizon. And while you know, I don't want to give the impression that the timing was in, in some way serendipitous, but you know, after a few discussions and some meetings of a number of really sharp people in that organization, I said yes. And so here I am. So I'm really happy to be here. I love it. And you just dropped some nuggets from of technology from pretty much every decade for the past three or four <laughs> decades. Yeah. Pac-Man. Right. There you go. Tee golf and That's then right. Nextel. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. As you, Nextel brings back a lot of a lot of memories. And it, it, I think uh, it, it, for the rap community, um, that that had a very similar effect. Nextel is that the Adidas campaigns were probably one of the most heavily uh, talked about uh, technology and lyrics. So absolutely, absolutely, you make me go get my Kango, man. So <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, I, I think one of the things that's is interesting about 
not just the role that you play, but its implications on the economy and the world at large is when we talk about advanced technology and, and global IoT, we're, we're kind of right in the in the heart of everything in terms of how, how technologies are colliding um, to tell, help take things into to the, the, the next wave of, of um, consumer and business experiences. I'm curious what you find the most compelling uh, about advanced technology and, and, and global IoT. So if we look at how it is that uh, technology has really um, sort of evolved over the years, um, it's really about uh, how it is that we move forward by uh, looking at where technology has been. And in all truth, there have been a number of different ways in which it is that we've uh, you know, had to sort of wait for the, the breakouts or breakthroughs in technology. So, I mean, when you think about you know, the uh, second generation of technology, I mean, it was all circuit switch, right? I mean, so there was no video that was really being passed at that point. Um, it was really about text messaging. It was really about voice calling. And I mean, there were a lot of people that were enamored about that. I mean, you talk about, you know, color phones and people just got all lathered up about that. But at the end of the day, when we moved uh, from 2G to 3G, and we started to look at what are the possibilities associated with driving data, um, and the use of data, uh, and no one at that time, uh, uh, at least from a commercial perspective, uh, was so much focused on, well, how do we collect more data, right? And how do we use that data to analyze things? I'm surely there were businesses and companies and organizations that were focused on that. And AI was uh, surely not uh, uh, old hat, but uh, it was a concept that just had not made its way to the forefront, right? But we were really trying to look at ways as to where it is that we could monetize the networks that we were at. And Verizon is no different um, in terms of helping companies to find better ways to be more efficient, better ways to try and drive new revenue streams, uh, and better ways to, you know, to make uh, newer products that were faster, uh, cheaper, uh, better, and, you know, when you start to, you know, make those uh, evolutional pivots, you start to look at, well, how do we uh, then uh, contend with uh, aspects of security or how do we contend with aspects of, you know, how long is this battery going to last or contend with aspects of, well, actually, can we run video? Right. And so with, you know, with every new toy that we get, there's always a challenge or a hurdle uh, that we have to clear. And I think it's there that, you know, there's somewhat of a waiting game to say, okay, well, what is the next newest, greatest, you know, technology, the newest, the latest, greatest platform. Uh, and we move from a third generation technology to a fourth generation technology. Uh, and every mainline, you know, event or trade show that you go to, uh, they're sort of talking about that, right? And so now that we have hit what I consider to be the summit, right, associated with 5G, you know, there's a different conversation and a different narrative that we're now taking um, because this is truly redefining uh, where all of those things that we were waiting on are now really waiting on us. And so I think that's where the compelling nature of technology and more so advanced technology is going to take us into, you know, something that's brand new. And that's really exciting, Adam. I love hearing some of these, these, these great um, concepts around technology and especially the speed. And you mentioned 5G, and it's it's a term that everyone has heard, but not many people are aware of the full meaning and impact of it. Can you describe that to the listeners a bit, what the meaning and impact of 5G is? 
Wow. All right. Well, you said uh, you know we've got some time here, so uh, <laughs> this is this is one of those questions that uh, you kind of roll up your sleeves, but. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different angles, uh, Adam, that I could take uh, that question from. So I'm kind of an old school guy, as you've heard. And, you know, my world spans over a few decades of uh, being in the business. Now, uh, Verizon, which was the predecessor of Ameritech back in the 90s, uh, was the first to launch its network on CDMA when other carriers considered the technology to be expensive uh, Verizon established the technology as the backbone of something uh, really innovative. Now, you know, perhaps as I think about uh, that statement, uh, I didn't really mean to go that far back in the transformation realm, Adam. But uh, so, <laughs> I don't think that's a negative. So, <laughs> exactly right. So, so let me try and fast track a little quicker to the present day and uh, get to your question, which is really about how. Uh, in my opinion, Verizon uh, would define and sort of differentiate 5G from the rest of the industry. So uh, overall, our industry has had its share of, uh, as I said, waiting for different industry breakthroughs uh, and a couple breakouts in a couple market segments from you know, real-time tracking to turn-by-turn -turn directions. I mean, that was a that was a pretty heavy one. Um, to the launch of you know things like Fitbit, and then on to the iPhone, and uh, really other cool solutions that kind of came in between there, like uh, Redbox and the like. Right. So uh, while the application side of 4G and even 5G kind of tells the story about innovation. And as more developers and enthusiasts uh, engage with Verizon to build on that story across the country and even across the world, I'd be short selling that story, Adam, if I didn't talk about what makes it all possible. Now, because 5G technology isn't just a toggle switch that we hit at the back of our towers uh, for the magic to happen or some black box that we've installed in the belly of the network, but it's a network that was designed and built from the ground up. And there are actually eight, uh, eight different currencies that we've defined and built the technology around. But before I really get into uh, those, Adam, what I wanna try and do is set the stage for how Verizon is uniquely prepared to outperform in the 5G space. So first of all, 5G is only as good as the network that it's built on. And our 5G network is paired with Verizon's current 4G LTE network, which is by far the nation's most reliable and, dare I say it, uh, probably one of the most pandemic resilient networks in America, just given the year that we just went through. So our commitment to 4G is not only solid, uh, but that network will continue well into the current decade, which is also a milestone shift from traditional legacy network technologies like 2G and 3G. Uh, since 2017, Verizon has invested in over 36 million miles of fiber, and that is over a, a billion-dollar investment with Corning to be able to expand our 5G ultra-wideband network. And so that really combines end-to-end uh, -end fiber resources, a large deployment of uh, small cells, um, a significant number of holdings in uh, RF spectrum, particularly in the millimeter wave bands, which are nationwide. And we really have launched uh, actually 10 now, 10 mobile edge compute network locations nationwide that allow for more robust uh, compute capabilities at the network edge in order to deliver 
access for things like massive IoT deployments or to support more AI and machine learning and to deliver the tools or the power and the real estate and the expertise to deploy at scale. Now, with that as a backdrop, let me just talk briefly about those eight currencies that I mentioned for 5G ultra wideband. First is speed, and that's a high card in this network deck. Uh, because 5G ultra-wideband is 25 times faster than 4G with peak data rates of up to 10 gigabits per second. So if you're thinking about, you know, <laughs> I always like the commercial that uh, we've got out there now with uh, Chris Rock that says, you know, <laughs> remember back in the day we tried to download um, bigger and blacker. Uh, by the time you did, he was older and thinner. So <laughs> I never, <laughs> that guy, that guy, he really knows how to put a, a, a exclamation point on on a statement. But uh, at the end of the day, um, it is about speed. Secondly, uh, it's throughput and performance, which will hit data volumes of up to 10 terabytes per second per square kilometer. Uh, third is mobility, which is a big factor that will allow devices to stay connected um, virtually while moving upwards of over 300 miles an hour. Uh, and these are all tested, obviously, associated with the network. Fourth is the spectrum that I mentioned in our millimeter band. Uh, which these waves are designed, they're really designed for shorter distances. So that large deployment of those network small cells that I talked about really allow for more density to support up to a million devices per square kilometer. Uh, fifth, the 5G network is energy efficient. So that means that it'll allow Verizon to significantly reduce consumption of energy on devices as well as network, network infrastructure. Um, sixth, I talked about incorporating uh, mobile edge compute as that edge advantage along what's known as our along with what's known as our software defined network uh, function virtualization. And that of course, that of course allows Verizon customers to rapidly deploy devices in weeks versus months. And then uh, seventh is latency. That's another game changer for things like medical devices, uh, procedures, uh, gaming consoles in terms of that click to action real time play. Robotics and other applications that our 5G network will be able to divide uh, and conquer with a single millisecond end-to-end -end latency. So, and then lastly, number eight being the ability to maintain uh, five nines of reliability, which if you've been in the industry as long as I have, um, that's a wireless technology standard that has never been able to be touched until now. So needless to say, Adam, we put a lot of mind share, heart share and passion into the network and really have created a standard by which we hold it to be uh, business ready. And that is by far the most meaningful and impactful for us. Wow, there's so, so many great nuggets in everything that you just said. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, if you talk to Kyle Malady, who's, you know, the current uh, uh, leader for the network teams and uh, basically anyone else on our leadership team, I mean, they will tell you that uh, the network is what we hold most near and dear and it's passionate. And, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, 5G in the media and you hear a lot about 5G from uh, different providers. Um, but these eight currencies and a lot of that backstory is really, as I said before, what kind of differentiates us and really helps us to kind of outperform um, as we continue to build out and deliver that. So. Absolutely. So I want to double click in a couple of different areas, one of which is is really around autonomous vehicles. I mean, we we're in the middle of uh, of the news cycle where Elon Musk just took over Jeff Bezos's uh, um, title as the richest person in the world. 
And we know a lot of that uh, value of Tesla has, has to do with their battery technology and specifically the position that they're in to um, provide their AI uh, systems to uh, build autonomous vehicles and, and kind of thinking about that as the future of where yeah. we're. What do you think about um, the the connections with 5G and autonomous vehicles and where we are, we're at with that? Sure. So, you know, it's interesting that um, uh, <laughs> there was a quote I once heard, um, you know, that uh, said, you know, sometimes innovation can be seen as the enemy of tradition. And I think, uh, you know, the more I think about that is that the emphasis there is that, you know, those things that are unknown uh, can tend to sort of create some uncertainty. Now, obviously, you know, folks like Elon and others, uh, you know, they don't they don't necessarily have that frame of thought, right? I mean, they're just really trying to shoot for beyond the North Star, right? And uh, and I think that that's uh, extremely, uh, you know, to their credit, associated with all the other things that you know are uh, set in place, uh, especially considering that uh, from a competitive nature, uh, you know, this um, X program that uh, they've established in terms of being able to offer services. Uh, by way of the constellation that's orbiting the Earth, <laughs> as opposed to going the traditional route and just land fiber, right? <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, I think for the majority of the market, uh, which began in the consumer sec uh, consumer sector, uh, is uh, the starting line for 5G. Uh, it is all about speed, right? I mean, obviously that's one of our currencies, but I believe that the market and the business leaders are now looking more broadly into their network and security strategies for how it is that they can more quickly turn the corner for deploying uh, new technologies, optimizing existing products, and leveraging the power of the connected IoT in wireless, you know, given some of these unprecedented times that we've had to endure in uh, 2020. Now, uh, wireless communications has historically uh, centered around a certain triangle. Uh, that triangle is speed, uh, coverage and uh, performance or bandwidth. So, of course, speed is surely, you know, one of the high cards in the deck, as I mentioned, but 5G that's built right uh, has such greater depth. And it's here where the Verizon network kind of breaks the mold of the traditional evolution of technology. Now, that being said, in just the last year, uh, Verizon has seen some extraordinary work being done by some truly amazing companies and developers in the 5G space. And you know we're proud to be able to uh, support these projects through our 5G labs, which are spread out across the country, as well as our uh, newest lab, which is actually overseas in London. Now, of course, with the pandemic, you know we've had to limit you know and or close some of those labs in compliance with our safety protocols for not just our employees, but also for our customers. But you know, anyone, if uh, you go online to our uh, 5G lab site at Verizon5Glabs.com, you'll find some really amazing things that developers or partners or even small businesses are doing with the technology. And, you know, I'd say one of the really cool solutions, in my opinion, has got to be in that AR, uh, VR and mixed reality space to which, you know, groups like Verizon 5G Labs and uh, our Verizon Media Group. Uh, and even our partner, which is uh, Riot Studios. Uh, so they put together recently a next generation immersive studio that uses AR and narrated audio to complement various 3D assets that are made available to the public from the Smithsonian's network associated with museums and galleries in order to aid 
you know, parents and students and teachers looking to, you know, leverage new and engaging educational content. Now, you know, given the fact that we're from Chicago and, uh, you know, I just grew up with a massive amount of access to art and museums, you know, that one to me is, is pretty interesting. So, um, so hopefully that, you know, gives you some perspective associated with, uh, where it is that, you know, these things like uh, autonomous vehicles and AI and robotics are, are really kind of uh, breaking out, if you will. I love that. You know, it's interesting that you say that because we, EX3 Labs has been focusing on, and every year, um, right around January, uh, in celebration of MLK's uh, birthday, we uh, showcase our the first ever 3D hologram of Martin Luther King Jr.'s "I Have a Dream" speech that we built uh, a few years ago, wow. and it's it, I keep thinking about what 5G could potentially do to ha have an impact on that experience because it's a great experience, but there's so many different uh, scenarios of being able to to use 5G to even enhance that further. So uh, yeah. it's incredible. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I have to share. Uh, Adam, is that uh, one of the areas that Verizon is really passionate about um, is that of our first responders, you know, and obviously, you know, those folks are unsung heroes, they get a lot of credit. Um, and uh, one of the very first introductions that I got um, in my time here uh, to witness the real power of 5G is, uh, again, within that augmented reality space was watching a video of a mask that was developed for firefighters that literally allows the firemen to see in a low visibility room to which basically the user's view is being streamed over our 5G network to an external interface. So it basically can identify the location of the firefighter in a burning building. So, I mean, if that doesn't speak to the currency of, you know, lower latency and some of the things that, you know, the network is sort of built around, that's, which is super critical associated with a life or death situation. Um, that solution uh, just blew me away. Uh, it was actually developed by a company called Quake Tech. They're out of California. So, so I get what you're saying in terms of, you know, just, um, just amazing things that are yet to be uh, released. Absolutely. So on a global scale, and especially considering less technological advanced areas, what does the adoption of these these technologies look like? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so, you know, Adam, globalization is a common denominator for enterprise companies and their business imperatives. And of course, you know, we've just come out of a pretty challenging year, as I said. And I think in 2021, you know, we'll have a chance uh, to bring in new government, you know, with the new, new administration coming in, uh, you know, we'll look to see how uh, businesses in the U.S. and frankly around the world will emerge into the next wave of doing business in a new way based upon the lessons that we've learned and all the pivots that we've had to make or businesses have had to make uh, amidst the pandemic with COVID. And it's a great time for uh, businesses of all sizes uh, to grow collectively, especially in this race to 5G, because, you know, just like the uh, COVID pandemic, while you know, I wish I had a less uh, daunting example to reference, uh, this is something that has never been experienced before, 5G. So, you know, Verizon is not only a technology company, um, it's a global company. And in its last year, our drive in terms of bringing 5G and other supportive technologies to bear, we've really brought along some significant partners to kind of help us to double down on that 
best in class network. So, you know, recent partnerships like uh, with firms like IBM, we're collaborating with both on 5G and on AI solutions to bring more capabilities to the enterprise edge. But we also work with AWS, uh, which is uh, which was the first partner that we launched around our mobile edge compute platform, which is a product called Wavelink. So for those that are not familiar with mobile edge compute, it's basically an enabler of cloud servers that sits at the provider's network edge. And it's able to run closer to a customer's endpoints in order to reduce latency and quicken the data computing process. So, um, but other partners like Nokia are the ones that we will leverage associated with bringing, you know, that mech and that 5G experience uh, globally. And so, you know, that just brings a huge advantage for solutions in areas of transportation or manufacturing or healthcare and you know, the majority of those facets are really key for uh, areas of IoT and deployments, you know, which we all have need for, you know, real-time business intelligence gathering, analytics, faster decision-making. So, so we really try and establish, you know, similar uh, partnerships with these companies and others like Microsoft in terms of delivering, you know, these solutions to market. So we're pretty excited about that. Mark, so many of the listeners that we have uh, are corporate innovators, and they own a specific area within a, a very large enterprise that has um, some overlap with innovation or technology. For those that are looking to get some of the 5G initiatives within their organization jump-started, what would you suggest they do or where would you suggest they start? Yeah, it's a great point. So, um, you know, I mentioned before associated with our 5G labs. I mean, obviously, that's a great point. That's a great starting point. And, you know, so that uh, website that I talked about before uh, would surely be in areas to where if they wanted to directly engage with uh, resources, you know, from the Verizon side, you know, to really kind of understand and embrace uh, what that's all about, uh, that's a great first stop. Now, uh, in the latter part of uh, 2020, you know, just to kind of keep it local, uh, you know, Verizon launched a 5G innovation hub in cooperation with the University of Illinois Research Park in Champaign. So innovators can, you know, now they can develop and test how 5G can enhance, you know, applications in all those areas that you mentioned, uh, Adam, robotics, uh, guided vehicles, manufacturing process automation, data analytics, et cetera. And this is part of uh, Verizon businesses broader strategy, right? To partner with customers or startups or universities or large enterprises to really explore how the technology can disrupt and transform nearly every industry. So I would just tell you that, you know, I mean, those are, um, you know, areas as to where it is that we are uh, dedicated and committed and involved and invested in really trying to help the broader communities to really embrace and have access to this type of technology because uh, you know we're not going to get there uh, by ourselves so so forget you know all that uh, cutting and bleeding edge as a term of record because we're now down to the marrow layer of technology and that's why they call it the fourth industrial revolution because it literally and fundamentally will change the game for us all with the pandemic still in full swing um so many of the students have been upended you know from physical classrooms into the, these virtual learning spaces Right. Uh, Verizon works quite a bit uh, with schools and educational institutions. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the Verizon Innovative Learning uh, and what you do specifically with students? Yeah. So, Adam, you touch on a really important uh, topic, and uh, really thank you for that. Uh, and my short answer is is that um, 
innovation and expansion of technology requires the involvement and investment of others. So, you know, in many uh, geographic areas where technology is, is kind of limping along, you know, both across the world and even here at home in more rural areas and communities, there's a great absence of uh, technology and Verizon really continues to partner with other organizations and to extend an open hand of support, you know, be that resources as well as action, in my opinion, in order to meet the need through building more human networks uh, that help to move the word world forward. So, you know, uh, I think about the exit of the current CEO for Digital Promise, right, which is actually the uh, partner associated with uh, the schools. Her name is uh, Karen Cater, uh, and there's just a legacy of positive impact that you know she'll leave behind uh, for that organization she, since she began her role several years ago. But I can talk a little bit about what Verizon is doing in partnership there through our innovative learning schools. Now, keep in mind this uh, initiative began long before I was a member uh, at Verizon, but my fundamental understanding is that the premise of Digital Promise was a mission to accelerate innovation in education to improve opportunities to learn. Um, I read actually a prior article that Karen wrote that really hit home for me as to where she commented that the problem with education in America is not a lack of excellence, it's a lack of equity. And so we've been talking, you and I, about the tremendous advances in technology and how technology has evolved uh, to more actively support areas of learning for all ages across the country. And I would say that while the educational process looks you know, different than uh, when I was in school, uh, the thing that has been consistent over those you know, 30 some years is just a growing gap around high performing versus underperforming schools, right? And differences in access to funding or other resources or support or involvement or commitment, you know, from, you know, communities, uh, school leaders, you know, to really try and embrace innovation, not to teach, but to embrace innovation as part of the education process. And of course, uh, you know, as an African-American father of two, uh, and of course, my children are sort of in the higher learning seasons of their academic career. Uh, but even just as a citizen of this country working to provide for the opportunities for my kids uh, and other children, hopefully, you know, their children's children to be able to take advantage of the right to equal and abundant education for all of those advancements, right? It just continues to be an important topic, right? So Verizon has been working to kind of help solve this problem through the Innovative Learning Schools, which began in partnership with Digital Promise in 2012. So you know, we collaborated with DP uh, to equip every student and teacher at select middle schools across America and to provide a device and up to a four-year data plan at no cost. So in addition to technology and access, Verizon, um, uh, the innovative schools receive extensive teacher training, they get support, and the opportunity to engage in sort of a unique immersive curriculum to leverage technology within the classrooms. And I believe that to date, um, we've been fortunate enough, Verizon, to serve over 250 schools, which really equates, Adam, to just over 200,000 students. So that, that's, that's what I would tell you associated with sort of how that program breaks down. And in all truth, um, you know, it speaks a lot to how it is that Verizon, uh, you know, comes forward in terms of its volunteering efforts. That's amazing, Mark, and, and kudos to you and the Verizon team for for doing such an amazing job. And it's uh, there's certainly a lot of uh, inequities, and certainly, especially related to education, the work that you all are doing is um, hoping uh, hoping to to lessen that gap. So, 
um, before you, uh, you get out of here and, uh, and we lose you for today, um, one last question um, that uh, I wanted to pose to you, which is the most important question of the day. What's the one app on your phone that you can't live without? <laughs> yeah, well, um, there's, there's surely, I appreciate that. And uh, again, it's been a real uh, pleasure associated with uh, just chatting with you and spending some time at uh, EX3. So thank you again for that. Um, boy, that's an interesting one. Um, if I had to keep it to one, um, I'd have to say that uh, networking truly moves business forward, right? It's consistent. And uh, from a content perspective, uh, you know, being able to connect with folks um, really is all about relationship. Relationship drives influence and influence is the biggest proponent of change, Adam, that I know. So I would have to pick without a doubt, hands down, LinkedIn. And uh, considering that, uh, that's typically where folks can find me. So, <laughs> so yeah. Fantastic. Well, we, we certainly appreciate having you here today. Um, uh, in addition to LinkedIn, is there, if, if people that have listened to the interview are curious to connect with Verizon, you mentioned Verizon Labs. Is there a specific URL that they can uh, visit? Uh, yes, it's Verizon5glabs.com. Uh, that would be Fantastic. one. Of course, Verizon.com is always a site that they can leverage. So, uh, but um, if uh, any, there are any questions associated with how it is that uh, companies are really looking to partner with, you know, a solid uh, business, a solid network, uh, they can surely uh, look me up on LinkedIn. It's Mark with a C. Uh, so always happy to entertain questions or engage with uh, folks from a networking perspective. So, uh, and with that, I appreciate. Uh, getting to know you, Adam, and your staff, and uh, it's really been a great journey so far. I hope to do more in 2021. Absolutely. Thank you again for your time. My pleasure. Remember to subscribe to Unlocking Innovation wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to rate and review. To stay up to date with EX3 Labs news and events, follow us on social media. We're at EX3 Labs. See you next time.